You're listening to another podcast. A podcast about horror movies and scary things. You put your headphones on and enter another dimension. A dimension filled with zombies, killers, ghosts, and creatures beyond your imagination. You've crossed over into the realm of mankind's deepest fears. There's an episode up ahead. You've now arrived at Luke and Andy's Nexus of Nightmares. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Luke and Andy's Nexus of Nightmares, a podcast where we explore horror movies. Hundreds of years, well, really just 100 years. Hundreds uh, of, of years! <laughs> of horror movies and why we love being scared and all that jazz. Uh, I'm Luke, and with me as always, I have my good friend, Andy. You're, How you're, you doing? Your best basshole, Andy. Best basshole? <laughs> Bestest of bassholes. That's me. I'm here. <laughs> That's it. That's the whole thing. That's me. I'm here. That's me. I'm here against my will yet again. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about a film from one of my personal... Picture. Picture from one of my personal favorite directors. Uh, Guillermo del Toro. And writers, Sweet Baby Guillermo del Toro. Yes, yes. Guillermo. And the movie we're going to be talking about is Crimson Peak. Cr- Crimson Peak. Crimson Peak. Uh, beware Crimson Peak. I had a case of the Crimson Peaks in college. Oh, God. In college. Did, like, just irritated nipples? Yeah, that's exactly what it was. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody nipples. Crimson Peaks. <laughs> crimson Peaks. I got a case of the Crimson Peaks. Raw, agitated. Uh um, just like me. <laughs> oh, just like me all the time. I'm just raw and agitated. I'm agitated. Um my whole body. Body and mind and soul. Um Crimson Peaks. You had never seen this movie. No, I think we start every episode off this way, but I had never seen ah, this movie. This is true. We still have yet to do a movie that I have not that I have not seen before. Which it's is because you're not letting me pick. I, that's not true. <laughs> that's, but that's not that's not true. Um, no, I yeah, have not so seen I, it. I, so I'm curious. We haven't really talked too much. We Usually, le- like in the lead up to our episode, we'll we'll talk and and get a feel for. You know what we thought of the movie, and, and and bounce ideas and thoughts and opinions back and forth. We didn't really do that. We did not. So, I, so I'm I'm kind of curious to see. I, I really don't know what uh, what your take on the movie is. So I, I still we're here. That's what we're here for. I still don't fully understand the plot. I don't know what happened in this movie. Was there <laughs> there was a ghost? Maybe more than one. It's definitely more than one. Okay, okay. That solves that solves that mystery. On to my um, next question. <laughs> but they were all red. Was that Christina Hendricks, Jessica Chastain, or Bryce Dallas Howard? Please confirm <laughs> which which actress that was. Uh JC. Ah. Yes. Okay. The best. The, the best of the bunch. Yeah. Yeah. The, the the Marsh Girl. The Marsh Girl. Yeah, Beverly Marsh. Oh right, 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 right. Oh right, 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 right. That's a movie I've seen. I, I forgot about that movie. Forgot about it. With good somehow. reason. 
<laughs> chapter two, they brought everybody. They they had they had a thousand people put in their dream cast for that movie. They cast those actors for those roles, and it wasn't even very good. Yeah, and uh, he's a uh, isn't uh, Machete uh, GDT. Um, he directed Mama, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Mama was uh, was it produ- produced by Guillermo? Right. Yeah. I think he was kind of a. I don't know if you. I don't know if you'd go so far as to say that uh, Andy Machete was like a well, protege, but he was he was somebody yeah. that Guillermo well, kind and, of helped bring up a little bit. Yeah, and, and well, and so Guillermo's from Mexico, Spain. And I I believe isn't he Spanish? Huh? He's Spanish. No, he's Mexican. He is. I guess so. I think I'm pretty sure. Why did I think he was from Spain? Yeah, he's from no, Mexico. Yeah, he's, he's from Mexico. Um, and then Andy is from I think Argentina. So sure. You know. But um, I don't know what machete. I don't. Yeah, I've never heard that name before or since, so I have no idea where that could be from. <laughs> Del Toro is obviously it, a Spanish name that means of the bull. Of the bull. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's kind of, uh, yeah. So there, you actually had, there, there was a valid connection there between, uh, Hey, well, there were several, there were several, several valid connections there between it and the movie we're talking about and Guillermo and whatnot. Yeah. So. Sometimes when it's I shoot good. from the basil, I, uh, come up with gold <laughs> <laughs> shooting straight from the basil on this one, uh, free, free wheel in it. I feel like I don't need to explain what basshole is. I don't think you do. But <laughs> so I'm not going to. <laughs> uh, uh, why shit. do we we used to put B's in front of everything? We did. We added a B. Anything that started with a vowel, you added a B to it. I don't know. And and it started when we were ten years old and it's been happening for the last twenty seven yep. years. It's never stopped. It needs to stop. At some point, yeah, we have to start acting like adult men, but I don't know when that day is. Yeah. It's, I mean, we're pushing 40. It. I mean, if it hasn't happened yet, it's just. It's probably not gonna. No, no. Um, but as far as how I like the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when it came out. I remember when it came out and I remember I remember seeing Luke's laughing at my face by the way. I remember when it came and, out and, and and just the long silence. And just long long inhale and just the eyes wide open <laughs> just I, I remember when it came out and I remember reading headlines and things that were like they were basically like Crimson Peak is not the ghost story that you expect it to be. Like it's, I, I just remember reading things that were like, people people weren't liking it to to a certain extent because it wasn't what they expected. It it's it's a it's it's a story that has ghosts in it, is really right. what it is, and yeah. and I and and even knowing that when I started watching it, I was kind of like, what the. F- <laughs> About 45 minutes in, I was like, what the fuck is happening here? <laughs> and then I started to like kind of slip into understanding like, okay, this is just like a kind of a more of a mystery story. And the ghosts are just kind of like ancillary to that fact, you know? 
Yeah. And, and, and that's very much uh, foreshadowed by direct dialogue from yes. the main character. Yes. Where, you know, because she's writing a book of her own that's a ghost story. And she's like, and she like, actually says early in the movie, she's like, you know, that the, the, it's not really the ghost, there's ghosts in it, but, the, you know, what it, she, the, it's a They're, metaphor. The ghosts yeah. are metaphor for, metaphors for, the, for, yeah. For the past, yeah. Yeah. And, and so, and it's funny because that's really the only reason she even has a career. I mean, her writing kind of hints to the fact that she's not just like, like they play her off at the very beginning is kind of like, we're talking about Mia Wasaka. I can't say her name. Wasaka. Wasakowska. Wasakowska. We were just, uh, Talking about how I don't think we've I, neither one of us have ever said her name. Said I, we know her. We're yeah. very familiar with her as an actress. Yeah, but I don't think either of us has ever attempted to pronounce her last name, I even though it's not never. really that hard. It's not, um, but you see it. It's one of those names that you see the a, the W and the A, and the middle. You're just you're like, like just for your it. eyes just go cross, and you're like, I don't. Unless you're trying to read it out loud, you're just kind of like, I don't. Mia, you just Mia W. Yeah, there, there she is. Um, but. but uh, yeah, she really only has a career and she really only writes these stories for two reasons. Number one, to kind of play at the beginning of like her going up against these kind of there's a couple of scenes where she kind of talks to uh, Charlie Hunnam's family and like some of these other waspy, uh, you know, early bitches. 18, yeah. 1900s <laughs> bitches who are just like elitist you know sort of thing like women don't need to women shouldn't have jobs and you know the, i don't remember the exact conversation but just very much along those lines and she you can tell she's like you know supposed to be more independent and and like focused on herself you know and all this stuff and strong individual and right. there's that reason and then the other reason is just is simply for that throwaway where it's like the ghosts are just a metaphor for the past. And it's like, oh, right. that's what the whole movie's about. And I don't even know if like in the last two acts, if they even brought up her writing a, at all. Like once she left no, no. the once US, she gets it into Crimson, kind of stops. Yeah, once she like moves into Crimson Peak, it's like there's nothing to do. I don't think there's anything to do with her writing at all. No, no. Um, but yeah. If I remember correctly, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you right now. I'm a, I'm a I'm a pretty big fan of Guillermo. I Guillermo. I, I like his movies. I like him as a uh, a a person just from what I've read in inter, you know interviews, and he just seems like a he just seems like a pretty chill guy. But you know, like he's very creative. He's very passionate. Um, and he's just got a, he's got a nice, he's got a good dry sense of humor and I don't know. He's a big, he's a big cuddly teddy bear. He guest stars on, I mean, all you have to say is he's a, he's a, he's an incredibly successful and famous Academy Award winning director. And yet he guest stars on Always Sunny in Philadelphia as Pappy McPoyle. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, I didn't know I remember the first time he was on there just being like, holy shit, is that Guillermo del Toro? That is awesome. Uh, With his Coke bottle glasses. He didn't wear glasses. That's the hard part. He didn't wear glasses in the show. But he has like a wonky eye. I don't know if he really doesn't have a wonky eye in real life, but he does like kind of a weird thing with his eye, I think, in the show. He's like like Steve Brule when he takes his glasses off, his eyes go across. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, he he does seem like an interesting uh, – he seems like a genuine – 
person. Like, yeah. He seems one of the, like, one of those filmmakers that's not, like, treating yeah, he's people not like, like shit and, like, yeah, you know, he seems he's not, like, like he's, egotistical. Like, he's, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, I always, I always was just, well, because of, you know, the movies he made, I was drawn to him. And then, like, you know, you'd watch interviews and, you know, read stuff about him. And, yeah, he always just seemed like a really down-to-earth guy and yeah i mean he's shit he's won he like you said academy awards and yeah um i mean and you can tell he, you can usually tell the directors who are decent people and good to work with and things like that because they have a lot of recurring actors in their movies right, and right. he does as yeah, you know definitely. whereas like you go to like somebody like we talked about last time stanley kubrick who makes great movies <laughs> but almost every yeah. actor who's ever worked with stanley kubrick was like fuck that guy i'm fuck. never going near him again <laughs> yeah yeah, I stay far away. Stay stay far, far away. It's funny that you mentioned that. Um the you know, comparing it to, you know, Stanley Kubrick, obviously, um with this movie, Crimson Peak, you know, he 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 I think he uh looked to movies like The Shining, mm-hmm. um in, in creating that kind of, you know, it's a it's a kind of a haunted house story in yeah. a sense. Um, kind of like the shining and uh, and the production design, you know, of of the house, um, in the movie, is you know, very ornate and and uh, just, I mean, it it, it kind of reminds you of uh, a little bit of The Shining, not not really like specifics of the visuals, but uh, of the design, but just in terms of how much it it plays in like the, the the design work of the house plays into the story and yeah. and, and how it establishes the mood and things like that is um it's very you know theatrical and ornate and yeah. um very specifically you know designed and you know down to small details and um but also it, you know talking about kubrick it also makes me think of um i actually just watched Nightmare Alley again for the second time. Why uh, this this week? <laughs> I saw it in the theater. Um, it's at, back in December when it came out, and uh, that was like the second movie I had seen in the theater since the pandemic started. And um, and it was really good. I, I mean, I really liked uh, Nightmare Alley quite a bit. But I and for for some reason it's a two and a half hour long movie, Good but Lord. for some reason I wanted to watch it again because it just came out this week streaming uh, on Hulu and, and HBO Max. And for whatever reason, my wife hadn't she didn't see it with me in the theater, and so I thought, well, she might like it. And and I for I don't know why I wanted to watch it again because it's a really long movie. It's I mean it's not like a super super like exciting you know, movie yeah. with a lot going on. But I just, I was compelled to watch it again. And, um, and, it, and it, yeah, and it, 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 I mean, it's great. It's a great movie, but like there's the last shot in the movie is phenomenal. And I, I won't spoil it for you, but, or for anybody who, who's listening, but nobody, the, but the yeah. performance, but for me. The, <laughs> the performance by Bradley Cooper in that final shot um, Spoiler. I was reading. I know he doesn't re- die now. <laughs> Damn it! Uh, um, but I I was reading something that where uh, Del Toro was basically saying like, you know, 
this last shot is is like the most important in the entire movie. And he's like, and I'll, I'm going to do as many takes. He's I don't think he's a director who does like tons and tons of takes. Yeah. Like Kubrick he's, was. Uh, he imagines me. I imagine him as the type of director who's just like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, we got it. Sure. Yeah. And right. he just like looks at it later and he's like, ah, yeah, good enough. <laughs> but he was like, I'm going to do as many takes as I need to for this to get this last shot because that it's that important. Um, and then, he, of course, he ended up getting in the first take from from Bradley Cooper and, and that yeah. was it. So, But like it just reminds me of like another – you know, where you're comparing him to like Stanley Kubrick and stuff like that. And he's kind of the, the antithesis where he, you know, super detail oriented, passionate, um, but just not in, I don't know, just, I think works, worked, com- works completely differently. Yeah. With his actors. And, and so he looks like a homeless Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of does. He's all shaggy and bearded, I mean, just like Stanley, but he's got glasses. I mean, I mean, if anything, I think, I think Stanley Kubrick looks more homeless because he doesn't have glasses. Glasses are expensive. Stanley Kubrick wore glasses, not all I the time. Just, yeah, I don't, I don't recall seeing him. I don't know. Yeah, maybe, maybe I haven't not. seen enough. But Stanley Kubrick looks pretty fucking, you know, shaggy and. They're both Dishe- they're both disheveled. Uh, but, but I'm thinking of pictures combed. of him on the shiny, well, shaggy but well kept. Well, whereas GDT looked a little. He looks <laughs> a little like he just wakes up, rolls out of bed, throws on a sweatshirt, and then he's like, "Come on, Bradley, let's get this shot." And he's like, "All right, good. I'm going back to bed." Come on, Bradley, take your Bradley, pants off. Take your pants off. <laughs> now, for you to for us to get this scene right, you're gonna have to be naked. <laughs> but um. But yeah, no, I uh, I agree. This is not uh, one of Guillermo's best movies. It's the first one that we've talked about on this on the show. It is, um, but it is not uh, one of his best. He's done films. a lot of. I mean, he's done a lot of horror movies. Yes, you got your he's the- Kronos. You got your <laughs> Devil's Backbone. <laughs> Kronos is a great movie, actually. You got His your first one. He did. You got your. You I mean, Blade Hel- Two, Hellboy's borderline horror. Yeah, you got your Blade Two. He's big on peaks. Big on fantasy, fantasy and horror. His, yeah, his bread and butter. You got your peaks. You got your, <laughs> get your crimson Shape peaks. Shape of water. Shape of water. That's kind of you know. Shape of water. So you basically he does kind of like two different movies. If you, I mean, it, 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 that's generalizing. Uh, obviously, but like he does, he's got his movies like Hellboy and Blade Two and um, Pacific Rim. Forgot uh, about that one. He's got those hint kind of movies, you know, more mainstream kind of blockbuster action. People hated Blade Two, and it was the what? best one. Blade Two is great. I know. I think it got it just. I think it got knocked for like. I think when it came out, people like the, there was an initial pushback of like really? people like not not being what they expected. But it was great, and it had Ron Perlman yeah. in it. Yeah, Blade Two is great, um, and it had Wesley's, Wesley Snipes in it. Of course, Wedley. <laughs> Wedley. 
Um, <laughs> Wedley Snips. <laughs> Wedley's Nips. Um, so he's got like, you know, he's got that kind of more mainstream. But even lo- even those movies that are kind of more, you know, more of the mainstream kind of like Hollywood, you know, action type movies. Um, even those like, you know, he had he had personal connections to, you know, like it was yeah. like I think all of his movies are personal to him. Yeah. Um, I mean, Pacific Rim, he was I, I think he was also a big fan of like the kaiju stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And that was just like basically he was like, I mean, he, that was like, you know, him like living out his like childhood fantasies. I'm right. like, you know what I mean? I'm going to make a big fucking monster movie with because i because at this point in my career i can do that with an insane budget you know yeah um it's like a kid in a candy story you know i still have never seen that one really yeah i mean it's again probably i would say probably alongside crimson peak probably is two those are probably his two weakest films um but they're still i mean i think they're still fun why do we watch crimson peak again i I, I, it's a winter because we're winter, still in the depths winter of winter horror. We're, st- we're in the depths so we just got a foot of snow yeah we just got a fuck ton of snow up to our tits and snow <laughs> <laughs> up to up to my crimson peaks and snow <laughs> i got my red nips just poking out of the poking out of the snow like the like the fucking clay in the movie yeah cooling them um, gotta cool them down a little bit Old clay what are tips. we talking about? Clay tips. Clay tips. Um, so, anyways, yeah. So he's got his movies like he's got his movies like uh, you know like that with the with with your Hellboys, with your Pacific Rims, with your Blades. Yeah. And then he's got his uh, his more uh, I, I don't want to say more artsy, but like I guess more I guess more dramatic yeah. and more fantasy driven. Like, you know, Pan's Labyrinth. And more like his original tales. Yeah, yeah, right. That's not, why That's why I thought he was from Spain. That's why I thought he was Spanish and not Mexican is because of Pan's Labyrinth. Because wasn't that set in Spain during the... Uh, It was, yeah, I think so. And that's yeah, there's, that. there's the whole, yeah, well, yeah, and then uh, Devil's Backbone too, I think is, I don't know if that's, if that's Spain. Yeah, that takes place in Spain. They're both centered around. Um, I can't remember what war. Spanish I think Civil War. Maybe there it is. I don't know. Do you think I know anything about history? I don't think I either of us know anything about in, about anything that happened in no. the past or in know. another country. <laughs> I don't know. Sh- I don't know shit about fuck. I barely know anything that happens outside of the three mile radius that I live in. So. I don't even remember or know what I did, you know, last week. No. Probably, probably nothing. Probably the same thing I'm going to do this week. Nothing. And and next week. Nothing. And the week after. Watch movies. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, then he's got his movies like that with, you know, that are more, um, more, I would say more dramatic, less, less emphasis on action um and and a couple of those particular i mean uh devil's backbone and and pan's labyrinth are, are spanish language films um 
But um, I remember seeing Pan's Labyrinth in the theater. I mean, that's a great movie. Have you, you've that seen, is a great movie. I have seen that one. Okay, you've seen that one. Devil's Backbone's really good too. Um, see, I think the thing about Crimson Peak that falls a little short for me is so, like you said, it's you know they're a ghost in the movie, but they play a very small part. Yeah. Um. And so, you know, most, it's really just a drama, you know, human drama. Right. And, uh, and I just don't think the drama is all that interesting. I, I don't think it's captivating enough to carry the whole movie. It's not. And, it, and it's kind of, I don't know if it's telegraphed too much. Yeah. You know, if there's yeah, just. There, there's nothing that comes across. There's nothing that happens in the movie where, where you're like, <gasps> you know, like. Or you know, there's no, there's not any kind of real twist or turn where there's like you know. a double twist. I thought there was like a double twist, and I thought the double twist fell short because the, the, <laughs> there's just <laughs> there's there's like two pieces that kind of intertwine that I feel two like peaks. are are what two two peaks that intertwine <laughs> that I feel like <laughs> kind of are what take this down a couple notches for me. And and it's kind of what you were saying. The the first is that it's it's almost anticlimactic because the first 30 minutes or so, 40 minutes or so of the movie, they're in the US and they're convincing um, you know, they're I guess they're not convincing. They're 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 trying to get they're trying to get Edith, you know, basically get her married off and and seduced and steal the family's money and all that stuff. Um, but it's pretty quickly into the scheme that the father, Jim Beaver, Peter McAllister, the father, credit card, <laughs> you got it. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's pretty quickly into, into the first 40 minutes that Jim Beaver catches on to them. And there's a whole scene where he like tells them that he knows like what they're up to. He, he tells them without revealing to the audience that he knows that Tom Hiddleston is already married. All this happens in like the first 30 or 40 minutes. And I don't know if it's just the fact that they have that scene at all, or if that scene, um, is just too explicit. But from that point on, to me, it was kind of like once she went, once the dad was murdered and then Edith went with them back to England, it was kind of like, I don't know. It felt like the mystery was gone at that point. Like you knew they were bad. You knew they were both in on it. Yeah. Well, and there's, there's even like a scene where they're like, you know, where they're taught where Jessica Chastain yeah. and, and right. Tom Hiddleston that are, are, are talking and like, and great you shot, know, okay. Yeah. Like with the silhouette kind of like, yeah. yeah. And she's in the background. Yeah. Eating uh, a hot dog. <laughs> Eating a hot dog. <laughs> she was oh not, but I don't know why they were on a picnic. So this is the first thing it's that like popped in into the my 1800s, head. And then it just sounded so ridiculous. When I said it out loud. <laughs> just scarfing a wiener. 
<laughs> Scarfing a wiener. Scarfing. Uh, just slowly, slowly feeding a foot-long hot dog into her mouth. A bunless, a bunless foot-long hot dog. Um, uh, eating, chowing down on a hot dog like, uh, oh, what's the name of that guy that always wins the Nathan's competition? What? Nathan's the 4th of competition. July hot dog eating competition. Oh, my God. Anyway. Just swallowing, yeah, there's... swallowing hot dogs like a duck, just like no, not chewing at all. Just oh, oh. <laughs> a haul, haul. Um, but there's both, there's, yeah, there's both those scenes. Yeah. And then, so then you're like, you know something's up and you're kind of right. like, oh, you, what, what it really sets you up to think as the audience is that the two of them are married. The, yeah. that that they're married and that they're scamming people and then it's and then the twist quote unquote at the end is that no they really are brother and sister but they're lovers and they're and he's just continually taking wives and stealing their money right. which that's the twist but at the same time i feel like knowing that they're up to no good the whole time kind of like it's 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 like they're already bad. You can't then add like another layer of evil on top of it and be like, <gasps> you know, like that's gonna yeah. somehow like make it super more intense, yeah. you know. And the, and the, and and really at that point you already know what's happened. Like you already know she's yeah. being conned. So you're kind of like the the the, just, the the real twist is that is that they're incestuous. Like that's it. Right. <laughs> like, that's really it. Yeah. And so it's like, and that's just not enough. Like, you know, it's not, I'm sorry. That's just not enough. So, I'm sorry. The incest, <laughs> it's not enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. Um, because yeah, I, I, I yeah. think, I think in the reason is because again, they're already, you already know what's happening. You already know she's being taken for a ride. And, and so to, you as soon as you know that you're like what am i what am i watching this for right you right. know what i mean like I, I don't really care if she gets out of it like she's already well, fallen into the trap i guess you know and I so then know. so then at that point you're thinking okay well some supernatural shit's gonna happen yeah you know because you're and like okay does. this has already been divulged right and so it's like okay what's now we're in for some you know some it's gonna it's gonna amp up a little bit right. and it and it does but kind of doesn't i don't know um it I, does but I it's like, always the same thing yeah I, I mean i like uh yeah i mean st story wise it falls short for sure um yeah. i think visual visually um it's very interesting and it well is done and executed um very i mean it's very you know old-fashioned classic you know vintage horror you know uh yeah in in the in the vein of the you know the hammer horror films and i need to tell the... you something i'm not a fan of gothic horror either <laughs> no oh man i love that not shit. so much that that's what you needed to tell me that's all i needed to Th tell that's you. it huh <sighs> well i I don't, but you like, you like Tim Burton. I mean, Tim Burton's very yeah goth, gothic horror, right? Yeah. I mean, and, and this movie actually reminded me a lot at times of, of, uh, Sleepy Hollow. 
Yeah. With the you know the period and yeah, yeah. and uh, and very um, kind of more tradi- of the, just yeah. very traditional kind of. I mean, there's a few things. There's a few choices um, that he makes that like so going back to that one scene. Um, you were talking about you like that shot of you know Hiddleston and and Chastain talking. You know earlier on in the movie, yeah, where they're kind of silhouetted. That that in that same scene, there's like there's like a part where she's talking about like where Jessica Chastain's character is like talking about like oh back at our back at our you know at, at Crimson Peak or whatever which she doesn't back, call it Crimson Peak back at the peak back at the peak <laughs> um, she's like we have black moths or something yeah and talks about how the moths eat butterflies or something yeah. and and like and then there there's like this like very intense like ex- like extreme shot yeah. that kind of like feels out of place within the context of the movie yeah because the rest of the movie feels very like it feels very traditional very old-fashioned old right. school you know and then there's this like shot in that within that scene where it's like obviously clearly just like cgi and it's like these close-up shots of like these like I don't know if they're the mo- the moths eating the butterflies or what it was. It was, it was like, ants. It was ants. She's like killing butterflies and like dropping them on the ground, and then the ant or yeah, yeah, and then the so ants were the, eating the butterflies. It was the ants eating the butterflies, but it was like these really intense, like crazy, like micros- microscopic close ups of like yeah of of the ants like eating the butterflies, and um, and that kind of felt like out of place within the kind of old school nature yeah of the rest of the film. Um, and I was but. eating a hot dog while I was watching that. <laughs> so it, you know, I, was, I was scarfing a wiener. Scarfing a wiener. I I had one slid halfway down my throat when that oh, started happening. God. I just I about spit it up. <laughs> I didn't because it was a hot. Just, it was a full. You just know, just shot out of your mouth completely, in, completely intact. S- just slapped on the TV. <laughs> oh shit! But yeah. I mean, so and aside from things like that, and and I and I guess you could say Sleepy Hollow is kind of guilty of that too, where it has kind of elements of it that have like overt CGI, where you're like, eh, yeah, it kind of takes yeah. you out of the. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, it is very, you know, grounded in in kind of practical and you know set design and. Well, and, I mean, the ghosts co- were CGI. Stuff like well, the ghosts actually were, were like a blended. Sort of, yeah. The ghosts were, yeah. It's, I mean, that's a good point Doug to bring Jones. up the ghosts because sweet baby Doug Jones, he's uh, he's in almost every one of uh, Guillermo's movies. Always Hush, playing. Daddy. H- what? Hush, Hush, Daddy. Oh, did he play the the Did he play the main guy in in the Buffy the Vampire Slayer episode? Or I think he was one of the he was yeah. one of those the the guys from Hush. Yeah, yeah. One of the, I think there was three of them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the ghosts are pretty cool in this movie, I think. They are. Um, so I, that's the other thing I like about the movie is like the whole, um, that whole aesthetic, uh, element with the, with the red, the clay. So you got the clay yeah. from the, you know, that they're, you know, that's a whole kind of subplot of the movie is, you know, him, uh, Hiddleston's character with that machine patent or whatever like digging up the clay and right and the clay around around uh crimson peak and which is you know red and then it's like 
yeah, there's like a basement where like there's like a basement of the of the house that yeah, has just goes like down vat, the mine. vats of like the of the clay and it's like red and and it's like also it's like dripping throughout the house. Yeah. Um very blood like and and then the and then the, all the ghosts that um Edith sees are all red. Um and I think I think the only character that really wears red is Jessica Chastain, right? Yes. Who is connected obviously to the deaths of the right, you know, of the uh people that are now the ghost that right. reside in the house, but um and the and yeah. the first ghost that Mia that Mia that Edith, Edith sees is her mother. Oh yeah, and she's yeah. not red. Right. Right. That's a cool scene. That I, that's a creepy scene. Probably that was a creepy- good scene, and it was there was a lot of cool shots in that scene too, where she's laying on the bed, and you can like see the hallway down the hallway, and the clock, yeah, yeah, and the clock stops. Yeah, it's good stuff. That yeah. was creepy. Yeah, that was that was that was probably one of the creepiest scenes in the movie. That and until that's there another- was like the jump scare where it's like, <gasps> you know, yeah, and the yeah. ghost came around the corner, like, hey, yeah, he he does some of the. That's another thing. Like he does some of the kind of like more. Um, Cheap jump scares, yeah, in the movie too. Which mimic, kind of disappointing. What about mimic? Mimic. What about it? I don't know. I don't. Know. <laughs> Wasn't he involved in that somehow? He 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 made it. He directed it. That's what I thought. That's yeah. I. That one just popped into my head. It's I been just, a long time since mimic mimic mimic. <laughs> um, giant fake. Cockroaches? Man, cockroach. I don't know. Person, I can't remember. Humanoid. Humanoid. Um, but yeah. So back. To, I mean, back to the ghosts. So um, yeah, that was a, that was a creepy scene. The there, there's things like that. Like, and that's what bothers me. Like, because like you have uh, choices that he makes. Um, like within that particular scene, where um, early in the movie, when her when her mother's ghost comes and visits her or whatever that I think is really super well done and creepy. And, and just like the way, like the, like the door opens up and the handle just continually yeah keeps twisting. Even though at that point you can see the door has opened enough to where you can see that there's no one standing there. Right. That, that would have opened the door, but it, the knob just continues to like twist and turn. Like that's really fucking creepy. Um, it just it little touches like that that I think are are uh, just great. But then, but yeah, then he'll also kind of do like some of the jump scare stuff. And but I do love I do love his his the cinematography though, like the uh, yeah the the amber the amber. He's all about the amber and the uh, his Mint like green. The way, yeah, the way that he light the way that he lights nighttime scenes. Like traditionally, you you'll see it's like a bluish hue, and the way that he does it is more of a greenish, yeah, uh, a greenish hue with it with with as the, for like the kind of the moonlight or whatever, which just I don't know has which very that, unique that always strikes me as more of a like a like a gothic mm-hmm. like a gothic horror movie from like the sixties or seventies and and 
in yeah. now in Technicolor. Yeah, you yeah. Know, like that's what that that's what that makes me think of. Yeah, absolutely. For whatever reason, I don't know if that's because they did it or if it's just. I, I think that's what even I, I think I even saw a thing where he said that like he wanted to make this like a a Technicolor Mario Bava like Italian mm. Italian horror kind of um, movie, but. But yeah, the ghosts are pretty cool, and and they are. like you said, uh, Doug Jones, I think, plays all of them. Yes, um, in extensive except makeup. for the baby, except for the baby, um, and and so yeah, it's all like it's like makeup and prosthetics, and it's all red, and then of course, so they had him like act out those scenes, and then obviously they like incorporated other you know, CGI elements to, right. to obviously for the transparency and for other, like, I don't know if there's like, there's kind of like wispy kind of like tendrils yeah. of like, you know, yeah. ectoplasm or whatever. Um, something, something, clay, blood, <laughs> yeah, milk, milk. But yeah, there's some, that there's some pretty cool stuff like that. Like that. But honestly, like, yeah, even like, even the stuff later in the movie at Crimson Peak with the red ghost, like none of that is particularly like scary or creepy, no. to be honest. Like it, it's cool. It's cool. Yeah. And I like it visually, but it's not like particularly creepy. Like, no, I um, remember there was one jump scare where she like opened a door and there was just a oh, ghost on the other side of it or something. Yeah. She opened the door. And I don't even think she saw the ghost, right? It was like more of the audience saw the ghost. Like, right. like in the in the crack in the door or something, you yeah. know? That was kind of creepy, but. That was when she was like, oh, the, the ghost was like in there like making noises. And she was like, she was like, she thought the dog had gotten in there. Oh, yeah. And she opened the door and then the dog came running down the hallway. Right. Yeah. And that might have been Mrs. Sharp. And she might have – that might have been the part where she, like, drug herself, like, then out into the hallway or whatever. I don't know. It's like, a similar hallway. Remember, Miss Sharp, like, showed up and was, like, dragging her body down the hallway by her arms. because yeah, yeah. she Yeah. I don't remember if that was the same scene or not, but it's a similar hallway. But, yeah, there's another scene. I mean, so talking about – I mean, going back to kind of, like, the comparisons of, like, The Shining and stuff. Like, there's that bathroom scene. Yeah. And, and this one as well, where like one of the ghosts is like sitting in the tub mm-hmm. with the fucking cleaver in her cleaver in her head. Um, it's awful, <laughs> mother. But um, but yeah. So, I mean, lots of cool, lots of cool, you know, design choices, production design, uh, you know, effects. Yeah, um, other stuff like There's that. A- there's a really good shot too. Speaking of ghosts and 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 that sort of thing, I love that shot of of outside. It was like a field. Oh and yeah, just that the ghost is in the distance. Yeah, pointing. yeah, like pointing or whatever. Yeah, 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 that was cool. That's a great shot. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, like that's the thing, you know, about Guillermo is like, you know, you'll have movies like this that movies like this, and you know, and like I said. Uh, uh, Pacific Rim that are probably, you know, I don't know, I, my least favorite of his films. Um, but even still, like, you know, like, he's just one of those directors that, like, 
you know, any movie he makes is is going to be worth watching. Yeah. Um, because he's just he's a, you know he's a good filmmaker and and yeah maybe you know the story won't work as well or whatever but like it's always it's always going to be pretty entertaining to watch. There's always going to be you know great visuals. It's um, always going to be the incest. There's always going to be the incest always. Um. But yeah, I mean, and that's why you know I I, I like I like uh, you know. Anytime he comes out with something new, I'm I'm there to I'm there to see it, um, but. So, did you know that that the Crimson Peak is a real place? There's a real like the the movie. The name of the movie is derived from from a real place. No. So apparently, in like the 1700s, they were like, you know, back when there was like a lot of like evangelism and things and like trying to, you know, save the, the, the people of, of foreign countries that, you know, that didn't have Jesus and whatnot. They set up, you know, missions in, in Mexico, you know, um, and, one of them was in this area that had like small towns around it and it was at like the top of this kind of small mountain you know this this mission and um so these these priests and things that were that you know whatever monks or whatever you want to call them that worked in this mission they would um they would like go and like you know try and convert local peasants and town people townspeople you know in the sur- surrounding villages to like christianity and all these things and you know as they would convert them or as they would like you know evangelize to them or whatever they would like baptize them you know and then they would like you know they would also like give them communion and things like that well um you know as they as they did this uh you know, like they started to realize like the men of the village, you know, had never been circumcised. So that the men of the village would like go, you know, as they would convert, they would go to the mission and the, the, the priests or whatever at the mission would like, you know, circumcise like these grown Jesus. men. And then the men God. would go back to the villages with these honking red ding-dongs <laughs> <laughs> and people would be like, La Punta Roja, you know the 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 red peak, the red tip, crimson dick, the the red tip, you know, (laughs) and then that's when they started calling that the mission. They started calling it La Punta Roja, the the red, the red tip, the red peak, the crimson peak, the red peak. And I made that entire thing up. I did. What? I did. I made that entire thing up. Oh my god! You <laughs> jackass. Uh, oh, that's that's believable. It is. Well, that, well, that's just believable, though. Could you imagine being like thirty years old and getting converted and, and being like, "Ah, shit! I guess I got to get circumcised." <laughs> I've never been circumcised. Uh, I mean, I mean, when you think of like Jesus said, I mean, when you think of human history. That that's not really that far fetched. 
That's why I did it. That's you why know, I made it talk, up. Talking about, you know, if you're talking about a few, even just a few hundred years ago, I mean, shit. Some of the other stuff that was going on, holy hell. La like, Punta that was, Roja. That, that, that was kind of tame by comparison to the, some of the other shit that actually has happened. You know what I mean? It's true. <laughs> Jesus. But that's ridiculous that you made that up. There you go. Look at, look at you. I could be a Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I got I, another thing that I read. So that was just that was inter, it was a brief intermission. Brief intermission of by, complete bullshit. Brought to you by my imagination. Um, one of the other things, speaking of, you were talking about like set design and stuff. One of the things I saw is that, well, for one thing, nothing was, nothing was reclaimed. Like yeah, they made everything that, for this yeah. movie, which is just absurd. Right. Like that's every artifact, I, every, yeah. Was, yeah. It had to have been designed. Like that's the other thing you have to think of, like not just create it, but design. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could easily just create just fucking wooden boxes and square pallets and shit everywhere. Just But think about it. Yeah, but you have to like before you make it, you have to fucking sit and think about the design, yeah. you know what I mean? And then like, you wonder like how much did Guillermo like walk by and like see the sketches and be like, "No. No. No. Candelabra's got to look like this. Candelabra's uh, got to look like this. Piano should look like this. Like a bunch of dicks. <laughs> like a bunch of uncircumcised dicks." <laughs> This is the most we've ever talked about circumcision. Uh, um, uh, has it? <laughs> on, on the podcast, anyway. On the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, you, you said, yeah. Yes. Circumcision? <laughs> castration? No. Uh, no. We talked about yes. castration a lot. Yeah. Janu- uh, January. Two different things. <laughs> yeah. The, 2022 is, has been all about castration and, and circumcision. So, yeah, I promise so we, you, I I do not have a I. There's like this is the only time in my normal I, life that I, I, I promise talked about you, I do not have things. a circumcised dick. <laughs> uh, Wait, but yeah, and then the other thing was they changed changed uh, like they would change the size of like various objects in the oh, set. Oh yeah, yeah, they had different sizes of them. And yeah. they would change them for different scenes, which to, I thought was cr- weird. to create like a different em- emphasis, like yeah, on the character, like it, like a chair or something was like yeah. bigger or smaller in some scenes to make the character. F- yeah. yeah, I was reading that too, which is which I totally did not fucking pick up on when I watched the no. movie. <laughs> How could you? That's like which, uh, I forget which what. is crazy, you know, like to think that like the thought that goes into that. Yeah, you know, it reminded me of. I, I think it was hit. Was it a Hitchcock thing where he would, um, like the walls or the doors and things of the set wouldn't be at like perfect ninety degree angles. They'd be slightly hmm. off to give yeah. like a sense of like just distort like things, you know, like a weird sense to the viewer. Right. Can't remember if that was Hitchcock or somebody else, but um, that's what that reminded me of. And as if as if Mia Wasikowska has not had enough of this shit playing Alice. Like, oh, make me sit in a fucking oversized chair <laughs> Right, <again>. yeah. <laughs> Please stop. Of course, when it was Tim Burton, it was all fucking CGI, and she was just sitting on a green screen stool, and he just CGI'd everything around her, including a giant 
CGI Johnny Depp, which <laughs> Mia probably was thankful for. He wasn't actually on set. I don't know. Oh you know, I don't want to speak for her. Uh, Jesus. None of those actors ever met each other. I think if I was an actor and I was auditioning for Tim Burton for a Tim Burton movie and he and and, I, and he was like, "Okay, you did a great job. Do you want the part?" And you can tell that I'm not an actor and I've never auditioned because I don't know how these I, I clearly what I just said, I don't know how these things go. But uh, Tim Burton, if he came to me and was like, "You did a great job. Do you want the part in this movie?" I would say, is Helena Bottom Carter going to be in this movie? And if he said yes, I would say, no, thank you. I think, I think I'm good. And if he said no, then I would say, yes, let me consider it. I mean, I don't know that that's a good uh, litmus test for... Uh, it's not. Because, you know... I mean, so... And this is a movie that I would like to actually do at, at, a, at one point because there's not very many... Sweeney Todd. Uh, yes. I know you're going to say Sweeney Todd. Just, not say Sweeney, many, just blurt it out. <laughs> there's not very many horror musicals. There's we've not. Done, we already we've done, did one. We've done one, uh, and and there's not very many others. Uh, and the Sweeney other Todd one is... is... Sweeney Todd is one of them. The other one is, yes, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Rocky Horror Picture Show, which isn't even really a horror movie. I mean, right. it kind of is, but it's, it's just... It's just got horror weird. in the title. It just so. has horror in the title, which that, if you're going to... I mean... Hey, 503, a horror movie. If they called it that, we would do that one. If it's got horror in the title, it counts. Yeah. We're that and if it's got horror in the title, it counts. Horror. I feel like I never say horror right. I always just say horror. 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 Um, but yeah. Uh, the other, the other, um, I'm not the done. other. I'm not done talking about Sweeney Todd, my friend. Uh, I was just going to say the other <laughs> horror musical that's out there is Class of Newcomb High to the musical. But Class of Newcomb High. Oh, my God. Is that a that's trauma? A great, is that a oh, trauma it's a trauma. And it's, trauma. It's a good one. Oh, my God. I don't. My sister and I watched that on USA Up All Night when I was like 12, I remember. USA Up All Night. You remember that? I Vaguely, yes. It's good. Channel 26. Anyway. I, I I don't know. I think that's right. Channel twenty six. I still <laughs> it remember, sounds right. I, I still remember some of the channels. It sounds right. Twenty seven I mean, was TNT, and thirteen was TBS. Thirteen was definitely TBS. I remember that. Twelve was Fox. Twelve was Fox. But five that wasn't was, cable. Five, five was NBC. Two or three was CBS. Can't Two. Too. Sometimes both. <laughs> Isn't that fucking bizarre though? The thing, the shit that you'll remember. Yeah. I. It reminds me. I was just watching. Um, going way off, way off topic here. I was just watching uh, Inside Out with with my daughter. Which that movie will just wreck you. It's um, a good movie. But, and one of the most just like insanely conceptual. Yeah, Pixar movies like just crazy. Like, yeah, the, I don't even that that movie blows my mind. Um, it's but, very high concept. It's yeah, it's, I should say it's very high concept. I mean, it's it pretty is. high concept for for a Pixar movie, and it's yeah, it's super well done. Yeah. It's just 
it 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 puts everything so plainly. It, yeah, it's it's pretty remarkable. Yeah, it and it's and it's you know fucking poignant as hell to boot. Yeah, and you it's know? terrifying, which is why we're talking about it. But. <laughs> yes, um, but it makes me think of like just like the random shit that you'll remember. You know, like yeah, <laughs> like the, like the scene in the movie where like they're like clearing out like like just you know memory memories yeah. and shit like that. And there there was like a. A little like jingle from like a, a a gum commercial or something. Yeah, that they were like, "Yeah, we got to keep this," uh, and and just to remember at random times. But yeah, reminds me of that. Um, yeah, but uh, totally off topic here. Uh, Sweeney Todd, but Sweeney Todd, I love Sweeney Todd. Great movie. Uh, you know, Tim Burton has kind of fallen by the wayside here in in recent years, but but Sweeney Todd is pr- probably. His last great movie, and very underrated in my opinion. And we saw uh, that together in the theater. That was a great movie. We need. I think we need to do that. I don't remember much of the movie. If you get my meaning, wink, wink. <laughs> uh, hole in the popcorn bucket. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, but yeah. What? Uh, how did we get onto that? Uh, I don't even remember what movie we're talking about. You were the one that brought in. Uh, I think you were the one. Oh, that, that was what it was. Uh, the uh, yeah, it was Mia. Mia W. Yeah, she was in Alice in Wonderland. Being in Alice in Wonderland, yeah. But yeah. Um, Speaking of the actors, one of the things I find very off-putting about this movie is that Jessica Chastain does a British accent. And Charlie Hunnam does an American accent. It hurts. It just hurts my brain. <laughs> Charlie Hunnam, not so much because he, most people, um, I shouldn't say most people. There's a certain demographic of people that know him as the guy from Sons of Anarchy who, who was American. But Jessica Chastain is just one of those weird ones where I feel like I don't know that I've ever seen her speak in a British accent, anything other than American accent. So it's kind of strange. So wait, is, uh, no, she, she, so she's American. I always, I always think of her as being kind of like British, a British. Jessica Chastain? Yeah. I always think of her as being like a British actress. I guess. She's not. Yeah. I guess I just, uh, I've been thinking a lot more. I, I keep seeing recently that how she was like, I think it was cause that she had that new movie come out. Um, that female spy movie that was supposed to be really bad. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I, she must've been in the news more because of that, but I kept seeing how she was like super poor. Apparently like she did not have a good really? upbringing. Yeah. And, and uh, like paid her way, like had to like, I, there's some story about how she had to pay her way. Of course, then when you throw this out there, she went to Juilliard, I think. But yeah. Like she had to, but she didn't get like her, she, her family was not able to pay for her to go to Juilliard. Like she had to find money to be able to go. Really? Um, but anyway, so yeah, she's, she was very, she was not very well off, uh, hmm. growing up. 
Interesting. Um, so when I heard so and and that was so she lived yeah she lives on the I think somewhere on the east coast. Um, so I kept seeing that story pop up in the news for some reason, which is then why I'm like, well, and then I started thinking about it. I was like, never really seen her in anything where she played an English woman until I saw this. Hmm. Tom Hiddleston, I don't know that I've ever seen him speak with an American accent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. So what do we talk about now? Where do we go from here? What have we not? Uh, uh, let me look at my check. Let me look at my checklist. Let's see. <laughs> Incest. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, got it. Changing furniture size. Yeah, got that. <laughs> Circumcision joke. Yeah. Oh, joke. <laughs> Jokes about nipples and crimson peaks. It wasn't even really a joke. It was just a. It was just an elaborate. <laughs> elaborate story that was just t- totally false <laughs> there was no punchline to that it was there just was no punchline it was just it was an fucking, elaborate ruse yes. i mean the punchline was that the punchline was kind of that they called the place la punta roja which means the red t- <laughs> tip <laughs> because these guys had angry red wangs oh when they were getting their circumcisions but, but it totally it totally tracks I, I fucking does. believed it. I laid is, it on which, pretty thick. Which is disturbing how easy I was to just like, yes, this is okay. This is history. <laughs> like, I believe this. Oh, uh, my God. Ridiculous. I should be a politician. Yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, man. Well. Um, I don't know. I don't know. What else do we talk about? I mean, oh, I know the other thing I was going to bring up. This is another bizarre one. Is it, are you just is is it another elaborate story that you just <laughs> bullshitting? It's, an, it's another elaborate plot to fool you on live television. Is this live television? Live television. <laughs> it's not we, television and it's not live. So, are so we on no. channel twenty six right now? <laughs> USA up all night, baby. <laughs> um, okay. So the incest. <laughs> you just love it. You just love talking about it. the incest. <laughs> I don't. I don't. But I have a. I have a genuine question. This is going to sound. This is going to seem super. <laughs> this is going to seem like I'm really not being serious. But I. I this is a serious question. <laughs> like this is a serious film <laughs> filmmaking question. Oh okay. My God. I, I and I can't stop laughing, but it's I'm ser- I seriously am curious. <laughs> it's hard. Um, that's that's what she said. <laughs> thank you, Michael Scott. Um, all right, so so they play this whole the whole the whole way they you, you find out that Lucille and Thomas are actually, you know. Together, the whole way Edith finds out is she walks in on them, and and Thomas is being given a hand job. I guess is the only way to describe it. Um, and you don't see anything. He just has his he just has his pants unbuttoned, and then there's like you know a mo- there's Jessica Chastain emotion like doing, doing just a motion tug in action. 
And so my question is, and I'm I'm a hundred percent serious here. Like I I really want you to understand. I'm serious, and I'm <laughs> genuinely I'm genuinely curious. I'm genuinely curious. For that scene, is that pantomime? Like, is it a hundred percent pantomime? Do do you think she's just doing the motion? Like like okay, this is what it would look like. Or do you think there was like a dildo involved? <laughs> <laughs> like we want it to be like, again, it sounds like a joke, but I'm a hundred percent serious. Like that's one of those things I think about when I see that sort of stuff where I'm like, okay, <laughs> if you've got, if you're doing it and you've just got a closed fist or even like faking it, even, even with his pants in the way, <laughs> is it going to look fake? I mean, genuinely, what? Like, I think what I think that? I think there is an there is an ornately designed dildo <laughs> that that <laughs> Guillermo constructed a life cast of a Tom life. Hiddleston's actual penis. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Got to make this as realistic as oh possible. Oh my god! Yes. So, so yes, but, that's that's what I think. But it's just it's just one of those things that's. I think, I think what gets me thinking about that, um, and I think about it a lot. I think, it, it, especially in the shower. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think what gets me thinking about that is there have been times where I've I've seen like in like IMDb trivia and things like that for certain movies that like guys wear. There, there are certain movies where, where like, when a guy, like, does full frontal male nudity, like, he's wearing, like, a prosthetic. Yeah. Or, like, a fake dick, you know? <laughs> and so then I see something like that, and I'm like, it would kind of look goofy if she was just moving her hand, you know? Like, I don't know. Like, to me, like, I picture, like, like the old teenager, like... You know, like American Pie or something, like somebody doing the jerk-off motion. And it's like, this is a somewhat serious movie. Like, you don't just want Jessica Chastain, like, doing a fake, like, you know. like I mean, she's a real actress, all right? I think She, she is. I think she could find her way around that. I think she could, uh, she could manage that without actually having, like, a dildo. And that's where I've landed, is that that's probably, like... I mean, we probably was pretty, we're, just we're, pretty much. We're we're joking for the most part. I, I know you're you, you're seriously. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm kind of curious. curious. Like I'm kind of. I wondering. know you're seriously curious, but you know, I I, I mean, I would say okay. Here, here we're gonna go back to Kubrick. Kubrick would have had a fucking dildo. He would have had a dildo. Yeah, Kubrick would have had uh, absolutely had a fucking dildo. Kubrick he would have been. Probably he would have just had. Her really jerking him off, maybe, but but Guillermo, I'm sure, you know, no, no, I'm sure it was just her creating that motion with her hand. It's yeah. not that it can't be that hard to do. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. It's just, Ridiculous. and the other thing I know, again, and, and your point about it being Guillermo is that's a great point because I, I know, that's the other thing is you know, you know, you know 100% that there are directors out there that would be like, it's got to look 
exactly realistic. Right. Like we gotta. We can't. There's. We, we can't, can't be doing this. pantomime. <laughs> it's gotta look real. It's gotta be. You real. know. It's it's weird. Anytime <laughs> I see stuff, it's it's just yeah. All that stuff is weird to me. It's just well, shit. It's you think str- you think that's weird? What about like the actual fucking like sex scenes? You know. Oh no! All of it's weird. That's what I mean. All that's weird to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like the the like the the intimacy like uh, coaches and and um you know like the fact that they have to like kind of choreograph the whole thing and then like you know like the various levels of like protection not protection like sort of like things that they have to like come in between them and like <laughs> all that is just it's just bizarre that that like I don't know it's just weird. Yeah. Oh, it's weird. Filmmaking is it's weird. weird. It's just weird. It's weird. I can't even. I mean, me as like a as like a dude, I can't even imagine like writing a script for something and be like, okay, this is the part where she jerks him off. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's just yeah, but it's all fantasy. Like, I mean, that's the thing. Yeah, it's like you know what I mean. Yeah, everything everything in filmmaking is is it's it's fantasy. I mean, you're it's you're yeah you're creating an illusion of of reality and. You know, well, and that, and again, going back to the movie itself, that part of the movie was actually, you know, again, the twist kind of fell flat, and you knew it was pretty well telegraphed through the whole movie. But right. that was a pretty, that was a pretty shocking way to reveal it, you know. Right. And then not only that, but then like Lucille and Edith's eyes kind of meet, <laughs> and she just kind of gives her a look, like, you know. You can fuck off, you know. Like <laughs> she was just, you know, Edith, Lucille is just kind of like, I'm gonna, I'm looks gonna like you finally this. caught on, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit. But yeah, but yeah, all that stuff is like I said, you know, from like prosthetic penises and <laughs> and intimacy coaches and like like the the fact that they have to do this stuff and like. All of it's just strange. It's just strange. But back to that's the, what I'm thinking about when sex scenes are happening in movies. I'm like, God, how do they film this? Like, how, how did the everybody from top to bottom? <laughs> like, how are you just like, man? These people are gonna get naked and do some weird stuff, and I'm gonna shoot it on the camera. <laughs> I'm gonna shoot it on the camera. <laughs> But shit, yeah, all that's, I mean, yeah, that's all simulated. I mean, you know. Yeah. But yeah, the end of the, going back to the, I mean, that kind of brings, brings it to the end of the movie. Um, that whole scene where, where uh, Hiddleston's ghost shows up. Yeah. Um, which, again, visually pretty cool. Um, yeah. But, you know the one thing the the one thing I didn't it was it was good looking but the one thing I didn't like about it was how I guess it kind of makes sense the theatricality now I'm huh the theatricality of it or I just didn't like saying? how different he looked like all of a sudden like we got another ghost and he looks totally different just looks like Tom Hiddleston with like ghoul makeup on yeah and I was kind of like why is he like every all these other ghosts are like her mom when her mom died like showed up the same night that she was buried he's, was he's like fresher. a fucking monster you know he, he's more fresh and Tom Hiddleston dead. looks like just a guy but I think it was you know and he was white too I think it was a it was an indication of like 
his like his redemption obviously his you know? innocence his purity yeah somewhat having well yeah, somewhat he wasn't pure so like re- the fact that he re- kind of like tried somewhat to redeemed tried to... himself yeah 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 he was over um, the hand jobs from his sister and he was <laughs> on the straight and narrow <laughs> but yeah that that whole ending scene kind of was like i don't know just again kind of visually visually cool and, and interesting and different but just thematically and and emotionally and just in 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 the overall you know st- with within the context of the overall story it just kind of fell a little flat to me like the ending um it kind of was wrapped up very quickly and, and yeah. it was just like the end and it was over. And it was like, okay. Um, yeah. But. Yeah. And I also feel like, I also feel like, I feel like Tom Hiddleston didn't, didn't really, I feel like his character really didn't play too much in like, I didn't really like his character. Yeah. I always felt like he was he was kind of in on it with his sister until like the very end when he didn't kill Charlie Hunnam. You know what I mean? Like until that right, point, I right. was kind of like sold that he was still a bad guy. Right. So like I almost didn't buy the redemption all that much. And the yeah, fact that like I don't him think, and Edith were in love. I don't know. I don't think any of the characters are, are particularly strong in this movie, to be honest. Um, yeah, they're all kind of wishy-washy. But but it's funny again. I'm gonna another comparison here to to Kubrick and particularly The Shining. Hunnam's character is totally kind of like the the uh, Dick Halloran, you know, <laughs> throughout yeah. the entire movie, kind of working his way to get back to kind of rescue <laughs> rescue her, there. and then like you know, kind of gets yeah. Although he actually comes out alive in the movie, gets the old as opposed letter to, opener to the armpit. Uh. But yeah, that kind of reminded me of um, of The Shining too. Just like throughout the movie, it's kind of like him trying to track her down and get yeah. get to the place, and then he gets there at the end, and then gets well, and you yeah. think he gets killed, but yeah. So a lot, a lot of a lot of parallels to that, which I, I I think must have been somewhat intentional. Like I think he was fairly influenced by by The Shining and, and other kind of like classic haunted house kind of films yeah. and stories and stuff like that. But yeah, but yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's an enjoyable movie, you know, but yeah, it, I mean, it, it, it's, it's a, it's a, I think it's like, what is it? Two hours. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's on the, it's on the longer side, but I don't know. Yeah. It, it, it I think the, the first act is welcome. really what kind of drug, and yeah. really made it felt feel 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 the full two hours. Yeah, there's a lot of setup, but it's still a solid, you know, uh, supernatural drama. It's a good looking movie too. It's a good looking film. So, yeah, if you like that, if you like, if you like doesn't? incest, who doesn't? And if you like incest, yep. Um. But, it's like yeah. old boy meets, I don't know, Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. 
Well, I know we uh, we we do have the next episode picked out. Yes. Um, Another one I've never seen. I've I have seen it, but it's been a very long time. So I it's the one new that, one or the old one. The old one. Good. Good. I've seen both, but and, and the movie we're talking about is uh, a Valentine's Day horror film. Yes. Which there aren't too many of those either. And that no. is uh, that is Cupid. No, what was that movie? Uh, was that the movie? What was that movie from, oh shit, early 2000s? Was it called Cupid? I don't know. It I don't know what like, the fuck you're talking about. Uh, it, was like a sla- it was like a slasher film. We didn't talk about these things ahead of time. You we can't did. just bring this stuff on me. Hey. You in the middle of the episode. fabricated an entire... <laughs> I did. I both fabricated an entire story about circumcision and talked about hand jobs for 10 minutes. <laughs> oh Neither God. of which you knew was coming. I, I did not. But to, to be fair, we talk about hand jobs almost every episode. <laughs> so our listeners know. They know what they're in for. I'm I'm trying to look up the Cupid Slasher film. What is that called? Your parents your your parents listen to this podcast, right? It's called Valentine. That's what it was. 2001. Valentine. I don't remember that. Valentine and the slasher had like this like Cupid, like baby face oh, Cupid yeah. kind of like mask. Um but yeah. But it is not Valentine. It is my bloody Valentine. It is. And pickaxe, uh, daddy. Pickaxe. Mining town action. Um, mm. So you haven't seen it, okay? I haven't. I, I'm looking forward to rewatching it. I I remember seeing it for the first time probably ten years ago or something. Um, so it's been a while, but I'm looking. Directed forward. by Bob Clark. It kind of looks like. It, it does. It, it kind of looks like it would be a. a it's probably heavily inspired by oh, by sure. Black Christmas, you know, because um, what that was, I think it was like, what is it, 80, 81 or something? Yeah. So, yeah, definitely has that kind of aesthetic to it. So, so yeah, that'll be next week, My Bloody Valentine, the original. Um, but until then, thanks for listening, and we'll see. Scare you later. later.